KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Life is not easy. It's full of ups and downs. Now, most of us do our best to focus on the ups and push through the downs as quickly as possible. But what if we're doing ourselves a bit of a disservice by not leaning into the downs a little more, feeling those negative emotions a little longer and maybe a little deeper? There's a kind of a big area, I think, in human life that's between I'm fine and I need professional help. And so I think where where I want to be is kind of in between those two spaces. That is Krista K. Thomason. She is an associate professor of philosophy at Swarthmore College and author of the new book, Dancing with the Devil, Why Bad Feelings Make Life Good. I'm Matt Leon, and on this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers, make memories during happy Honda days, we talk with Thomason about her book and why she says bad or negative emotions get a bad rap. So kind of talk about how this book, Dancing with the Devil, Why Bad Feelings Make Life Good, kind of came together. So I have spent probably the majority of my life being told to calm down <laughs> anytime I express any kind of negative emotions, uh, maybe a little bit too strongly. And then during the pandemic, I, you know, I was having a lot of conversations with friends, you know, people who are not necessarily academics, who are really dealing a lot with bad feelings and you know, really criticizing themselves for feeling all sorts of things. As I'm sure you remember, that was, you know, that was a difficult time. And so after that, I started thinking, I had always thought I was going to do a book on negative emotions because that's what my field is in. And then I started thinking, you know, maybe this book needs to be something that not just philosophers will read. Maybe this needs to be something that the general public might read. And so I, I kind of took a turn and I decided I was going to write a book for a general audience and maybe uh, try to get people to kind of rethink their relationship to their bad feelings. So when you say bad feelings, what are we talking about? Like what? Yeah. What would you put under that umbrella? Mm-hmm. No, that's a really good question. So it's, it's harder than you think to define what a bad feeling is. So here's one possible definition that people will give. They'll say, well, bad feelings feel bad to feel. Well, sometimes we're more critical of other bad feelings that fall into that category. You know, some bad feelings that fall into that category versus others. So, you know, look, sadness feels bad to feel. Grief feels bad to feel. But we usually don't criticize ourselves too much for feeling those kinds of emotions. Unlike, let's say, envy or jealousy or contempt, sometimes we're, we're critical of ourselves for that. So just saying that a feeling feels bad to feel, that doesn't quite seem to capture it, right? And also, Sometimes our negative emotions, the ones that we criticize ourselves for, like anger, sometimes those actually feel pretty good to feel. So it's kind of hard to say what makes a feeling bad. Um, the ones that I picked in the book were the ones that I think we're, we're the most judgmental of. So we're judgmental of ourselves for feeling them, and we're judgmental of other people for feeling them. So anger, jealousy, envy, contempt, spite, and schadenfreude, those are the ones that I pick. I love the word schadenfreude. Uh, Isn't it great? It really... <laughs> It really is. So kind of dig into a couple of these and, and take us on a deep dive, like what we can kind of experience through the book and, and make us think about these things. 
Yeah. So the book is really divided into two parts. So the first part is a kind of like, like imagine it to be like a defense of the value of negative emotions. It's the, it's the part where I try to get people to, to rethink just how bad are your bad feelings? Are they as bad as you think? And so I try to give you reasons for thinking maybe they're not so bad. And then the second half of the book, uh, each chapter is devoted to a particular negative emotion. So I go through and I talk a little bit about what um, I, I'm a historian of philosophy by training. And so I kind of want people to learn a little bit about the history of philosophy. So I use all of these kind of old dead guys from the history of philosophy to uh, help people get a handle on like, well, what is anger? And so we go through that and we talk a little bit about why it might be bad. Then we sort of say, well, maybe it's not so bad after all. What I end up arguing in the book is that your, your negative emotions work exactly like your positive emotions. Emotions are ways of caring about things. If you care about something, you're going to feel about it. Negative emotions are ways that you care about yourself and your life. So when you get mad, you get mad because somebody has insulted you or mistreated you. When you feel spite, it's because somebody has uh, you know, tried to butt into your business. Um, when you feel envy, it's because you see somebody enjoying something that you want for your own life. So all of those things, like what do those things have in common? They have in common you. You matter to you. And so that's why I think we feel these negative emotions. Talk about the importance of experiencing these emotions, working through them, because they're really critical to personal growth. Like if you mm-hmm. I don't think we grow very much when everything's happy and it's sunshine and unicorns. When you grow is when you overcome, when you deal, when you learn how to critically think, when you learn how to put aside, when you learn how to overcome. I mean, they're they're really it sucks to go through a lot of them in the moment, but a lot of the time you come out stronger on the other side, or at least you hope you come out stronger on the other side, no? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so there's there's a little bit of a trap, though, that I think we sometimes fall into, which is the following thing. I think we think that the right attitude we should have toward our negative emotions is we got to channel them, right? We got to like channel them. We got to make them into something productive. And I actually kind of want to resist that. So I, I don't necessarily think we have to always like channel our negative emotions and, and make them into something productive. I think they have a job already, even if we don't necessarily do that. They're there to kind of signal, hey, you know, this thing matters to me and this thing about my life matters to me. And so it's okay for you to just feel them. As you say, they're very painful sometimes. They're really, sometimes it can be really exhausting to feel these things. Um, and oftentimes we kind of like want to work through them. But Uh, I think one of the things that it would be great if we could do is kind of think to ourselves, well, when I'm feeling this, like, what's it telling me? It's giving me some kind of message. It's telling me something. Because again, our values, our our emotions are tied to our values. Um, They're tied to what we care about. So when I feel these negative emotions, what am I caring about? Like, what is it that's mattering to me? And thinking about that and asking yourself that is that's going to you're going to learn something about yourself and what you care about by sort of investigating these emotions. Yeah, we tend to want to put them aside, I think, very quickly because they are so painful, because they are so exhausting. But just because they're painful and exhausting, it doesn't mean they're not valuable. When it comes to bad feelings, are they all inward or are they are there feelings that maybe aren't necessarily bad for me, but you can project them onto somebody else and they're worse for the other person. If I'm, I'm making sense. I think, you know, our discussion so far has been mm-hmm. internally, and that's obviously that's the, right. the thing. But you know, are there certain feelings you think that are that could be more negative for the people around you than they are for yourself? 
That could be. I think anger sometimes falls into that category, right? Sometimes, you know, when we feel angry, it doesn't necessarily feel bad for us, but we have a tendency to sort of lash out, you know, at other people. I think oftentimes, you know, it's certainly true that negative emotions can cause a little bit of trouble, right? They can be harmful. We can harm people with them. But I think some of the times when we are, when we're worried about that, what we're actually worried about is, is how people cope with our negative emotions. So as you say, they don't feel good to feel. And because we're not very good at being uncomfortable, that's one of the things I sort of argue in the book is we're actually not like generally not very good at this. We don't know how to just be uncomfortable for a while. And because we're not very good about that, when we feel these bad feelings, we have a tendency to want to do something to kind of alleviate that that experience. And so, so anger is a great example. A lot of times what we'll do with our anger is kind of like rush to lash out as a way of responding to the discomfort that anger brings. But there's a lot of different choices we could make about how we respond to these feelings. And I think um, part of what I want to do in the book is kind of invite people to think, well, maybe you don't have to actually do anything with them at all. Maybe it's okay for you to just sort of say to yourself, you know, I'm really angry about this and just stop and not have to think, oh, I've got to like do something with this feeling. And so when they cause trouble, I think sometimes what we're doing is we're, we're like giving them to other people or we're taking things out on other people as a way of dealing with the discomfort that we feel. We will have more with Krista Thomason coming up, but right now it's the holiday season, folks, and the holidays mean different things to everyone. But whatever the holidays mean to you, get the most out of it in a new vehicle from our friends at Honda. Whether it's traveling to the holiday family dinner in a spacious, efficient Accord hybrid or heading to a hike to burn it off in a powerful, adventure-ready CRV hybrid, your holiday adventure awaits with a new Honda during Happy Honda Days. Contact your local Honda dealer today. And now let's get back to our conversation on KYW News Radio In-Depth with Krista Thomason, Associate Professor of Philosophy at Swarthmore College and author of the new book, Dancing with the Devil, Why Bad Feelings Make Life Good. One of the things I was thinking about, I'm a parent, and it's this really challenging situation of, with your kids, I think you want to shield them from bad things, bad emotions, but... There's also a part of me that feels like, in a way, you're sometimes kind of doing them a disservice because the world is hard and cold, and if you don't allow them to feel bad things, now I don't mean put them in danger and stuff, but, you know, just bad emotions, but you don't want them to hurt, but in the big picture, you might be hurt. And I find myself in this circle of how do you handle this? What would you say? when it comes to that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that is a really tough thing. And, you know, we've talked a lot that, you know, there's a conversation I think going on right now about kids' mental health, especially, right? And people have talked about, oh, you know, it's the effects of the pandemic. Oh, it's, you know, it's social media. Yeah. And it's not as though those things aren't happening, but I think there is this kind of other element of it, which is that there's not a lot of space for people generally to just experience these painful emotions and just kind of go through them. We don't really welcome them. You know, we're not exactly like, we don't really like to talk about them. We like to try to tell people to like cheer up and look on the bright side. And we, we sort of pretend like, you, you know, you got to get over these things. So I think some of what's happening is there's because there's no room for people to just feel them, to just experience them. We are doing, I think, to some extent, a disservice to especially teenagers because it's kind of like, well, you're not letting them realize that life 
isn't always sunshine and rainbows, right? And it's going to be, and it doesn't mean, you know, it's always going to be misery, but, but a human life is a complicated thing. There's lots of great parts and there's lots of difficult parts. And those difficult parts are actually really normal for people, right? I mean, think about all the things that people typically go through through the course of their lives, like adult children, you know, we're going to have to bury our parents one day. And everybody goes through that. It's not abnormal. But if we sort of spend most of our lives trying to convince people that, well, if you're feeling anything negative, then that means something's gone wrong. Then what happens when you get to those like perfectly normal stages of your life that are actually really painful? I think people are going to be a little bit lost. You know, when when I talk to my my friends who are who are parents who are dealing with um, you know their stuff with their kids who are dealing with their own aging parents it's that's I think a lot of times what they're dealing with is they're dealing with us like oh you know I have all these negative emotions and and yet I have I haven't no, nobody's prepared me <laughs> for the fact that I'm going to go through this and I'm going to go through these really difficult periods in my life and nobody's sort of said yeah you know what life sucks sometimes and you're just going to feel bad and that's just fact. Yeah, and that kind of goes against, I think, everything in society is yeah. we don't want to, I don't know if acknowledge, but we kind of want to whistle past the graveyard with, with stuff absolutely. like that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a really strong, I call it a kind of like pro-positivity sort of bias that I think, particularly in the U.S., I think contemporary society is, is really about this. And it, I mean, you can see it just on kind of like silly stuff, like on social media, you can see people doing the like, it's the grind set, right? And it's the, you know, if, if I'm, I'm going to like manifest this thing, there's so much of that that's just, well, if I feel only positive things or if I get my mind in the right place um everything's gonna be fine and that is yeah what i'm trying to do is go you know what guys listen life is not like that it's a little bit of a balancing act isn't it because you you know to your point of you know not bad to experience these feelings but then also you obviously don't want to wallow in them and then you start talking about things like depression and you know just getting in really really dark places what's the balancing act on letting yourself feel this kind of go through it, but not letting it linger and not letting it dictate, you know, what the next steps in your life are. Great. Here's a really interesting thing we do. We say this kind of thing about negative emotions, right? And we say, yeah, okay, it's okay for you to feel it, but you don't want to let it linger. You don't want to wallow in it. But you know what we never do? We never say those things about positive emotions. Like nobody ever says, well, it's okay for you to feel joy. You just have to manage it the right way. Or it's okay for you to feel joy. Just don't wallow in it. Like, we're perfectly okay, actually, when people, like, wallow in joy. So what I guess I want to ask is, you know, what gives? Like, why do we treat these emotions? They're both emotions, joy and anger, for example, right? They're both emotions. But we treat them really, really differently. And we think that negative emotions have this kind of, like, power to overtake us and possess us and to, like, drag us down in a way that I think that we don't think positive emotions have that same kind of power. Like, we're never worried about joy possessing people. So what I kind of want to say is, well... What if you did just try wallowing it for a little bit? Like, what would that look like? It might look like a lot of the same kinds of experiences you have with your negative emotions, meaning you'll feel it for a little while and then it'll go away. So there's not like a timestamp on how long I think your anger is supposed to last. Sometimes you're going to be angry about something for a lot longer. You know, two people react in very different ways to different kinds of things and they might feel, you know, somebody might feel anger for a long time, somebody might not. As long as it's not interfering with their life in a big way, I think there's no real problem. 
right to letting that anger linger it's okay what i want to say is there you know there's going to be a point there's going to be a line that you cross where your negative emotions are sort of preventing you from from living in the way that you you want to do and then at that point maybe that's a question maybe now we need to seek some help or maybe you know we need to rethink what's going on but i'm pretty comfortable extending the space for how far it's okay for you to feel them and it not be oh, now I need to call a therapist or now I need to, you know, have a, a, a real conversation about what my anger is doing. I think partly that's because I just want some more space. I want some more room for negative emotions to be a part of our lives in a much more meaningful way. And there's a kind of a big area, I think, in human life that's between I'm fine and I need professional help. And so I think where where I want to be is kind of in between those two spaces where I'm like, I'm not fine, actually. But even though I'm not fine, I don't necessarily need professional help. But I might not be fine, actually, for a while. You talked about the the dead guys early on. That yeah. you, <laughs> Is there a philosopher? Is there somebody you really connect with when it comes to this that you feel, I don't know if inspiration, but somebody you, yeah. can, you kind of go back to and you see the threads of what you're talking about in their work? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's actually a couple of them. One of them is uh, Michel de Montaigne, who is a, he's a Renaissance philosopher. He's from France. So he's writing in like the late 1500s or so. I love Montaigne because he's kind of my, he's my model for what philosophy self-help looks like. So his main book is called The Essays. And The Essays is this really interesting kind of hodgepodge of a collection of essays about a bunch of different things. And he writes about everything from the French civil wars that he's experiencing to thumbs. <laughs> like it's, it's bizarre. It's a truly bizarre book. But what's great about it is that it's a real exploration of all of the complexities of human life. And he does a good job of kind of thinking about himself and trying to understand himself without trying to convince everybody that he's great and without trying to be really self-deprecating. So he's really honest. He's just really honest about what it's like to be a complicated human being. And I think it's great for people who are looking for clarity and, and looking to think about like, God, human life is so weird. Uh, Montaigne is a great person to read in like, how does it, what does it look like to explore yourself in a good way, in a really healthy and, and positive way and in an honest way. So I really like him. And then the other one is uh, Frederick Nietzsche. Very controversial guy, but uh, one of the things I love about Nietzsche is that he really asks people to rethink what a good human life looks like. And he's the person who says, listen, somebody, some force in your life, society maybe, maybe the church, like who knows, some force in your life has sort of told you that there's like a monster lurking inside of you. And because you're a, this flawed, fragile human being. And if you don't get over that evil monster inside you, if you don't defeat it, it's going to take over and it's going to destroy you and you're never going to be a good person. And Nietzsche kind of poses this question, well, what if that thing isn't actually a monster at all? Like, what if that thing is just what it means to be fully alive in the world? And what we've done is mistakenly thought that what it means to be human in the world is to always be a perfect positive human. And maybe that's actually not true. Maybe what it means to be a human in the world is to have a complicated emotional life and a complicated experience that's not always going to be pretty and it's not always going to be positive, but that's what real human life looks like. To that point, how would you say, what does it look like if you are working through these bad feelings 
I don't know if properly is the right word, but you're feeling them. You're you're not letting them dictate your life, but you're, you're going through them. What does it look like? Yeah, that's great. So here's here's one thing that I think maybe we could try. So next time you're feeling a negative emotion, I want you to say out loud to yourself, I'm feeling envy, and then just stop. Don't say anything else. Just let it hang. Let those words hang in the air. You might actually feel a little squirmy, I think, because you've sort of heard yourself say it and you've admitted that it that it's there. But just stop. Like, let it be uncomfortable for a little bit. And then once you sort of get over that initial feeling of discomfort, you may want to start thinking, OK, well, why is it that I feel this feeling? Like, what are the reasons behind it? Is it because, you know, my neighbor has driven up in the driveway in a brand new car and I'm like, oh God, I wish I had, you know, the money for that or something like that. Like, is, is that why you're feeling it? Okay. Well, what is that telling you? That's telling you that there's something that you want for your life and you don't have it. And that's painful. That's difficult. So it's all right. It's all right for you to just kind of like feel the pain of the fact that your life doesn't quite look the way that you want it to look. Um, I think this is the point where people want to say, yeah, that's right. And now use it for fuel. Use it for motivation. Say like, okay, well, now I'm going to save my money so that I can get the new car. And that's fine. You can do that. But I don't want people to feel obligated to do that, right? It, It could just be maybe you need to just feel bad about the fact that your life doesn't look like you want it to look and be okay with that kind of discomfort. So I'm a big proponent of honesty. I think it's really important for us to be honest that we feel these things and not to kind of force ourselves to get over them, not to try to talk ourselves out of them and just be honest about the fact that they're there, but also recognize that they're telling you something and it's okay for you to hear whatever message they have for you. Do you get any pushback on this? Because so much of this goes against what we kind of perceive and how day to day most people deal with this. Do you get a lot of pushback? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And let me tell you, the funniest thing about it is like the people who are huge proponents of like mindfulness and, you know, meditation and all that stuff. I'm telling you, they are so mad at me. This kind of stuff. And I kind of want to be like, guys, listen, the mindfulness thing is not working because you are feeling a lot of anger toward my book right now. (laughs) Yeah, I get a lot of pushback. I get a lot of pushback from folks who who are really kind of into that sort of stuff. But then I also just get pushback from people who think, well, but we can't just let our negative emotions be. Like, we can't just let them be. We have to do something with them because if we don't, something's going to go wrong. Like people are really, really convinced that that's going to happen. Well, I think we've been wired and pushed in that direction for all of our lives. So absolutely. I I think if you really, really dig into this, it takes a lot of looking at the big picture of what you've been and you have to reevaluate a lot of different things. And that that can be painful for a lot of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's and I think it's really hard to give up this idea There's some psychologists uh, who have written a book called The Upside of Your Dark Side. And one of the things that they talk about in that book is to say, we've gotten it in our heads that that a happy life is what they call like a comfortable life. So a happy life is like, you know, I'm in the easy chair, I'm in the soft leather recliner, and I never feel anything bad. And I never have any, you know, nothing ever goes wrong. And my life is stress free, and all of that. And that's we've gotten it in our head that like, that's what a good life looks like. And if we're experiencing anything less than that, something's gone wrong. So partly what we have to do is actually totally rethink what a good life looks like. Like, why should a good life be like lying in the easy chair? Where can people get the book when Will it, if it is available? 
It is. It's available. It came out on Halloween. So that was my release date. You can look for it at the Oxford University Press website. It's also on Amazon. It's on bookshop.org. There's an audiobook version if you like that. You can find it any old where. Dancing with the Devil, Why Bad Feelings Make Life Good is the title. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in Depth, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers. Make memories during Happy Honda Days. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.